0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Next Guest Is. Hello, and welcome to another Our Next Guest Is. This is a conversation where we meet the country's leading speakers and entertainers in the corporate and events world, and we meet the person behind the reputation. My name is Michael Pope, always has been, and I'm here with Carson White from Leading Voice. Carson, who is our next guest?
1: People have been waking up with our next guest for over 15 years, but there is much more to him than the amiable host of Channel Seven Sunrise program. A self-proclaimed finance nerd who studied to be an accountant, our next guest started as a cadet at the business pages of the Australian newspaper before joining BRW magazine soon after its launch in the early 1980s. Since then, his interest and knowledge of finance and in particular startups has grown exponentially, earning him the title of one of the 10 most influential people in establishing the retail financial services industry as determined by money management newspaper. Oh, and as a passionate sideline, he spends a little time with his beloved Port Adelaide Football Club. Please welcome our next guest, David Kosh.
0: Welcome, David. How to- are you, gents? Thank very you for well. having me. We're very yeah, fine. Thank you for your time. Let's get straight to
2: the hard questions. Yep. What's the cash cow really like? (laughs) Cash cow is a diva. Uh, She started off as just... You know, I'm just a mad cow. Um, and <laughs> with a disease. Yeah, that's right. And now she's become an absolute diva who demands so many riders. It's extraordinary. Does so, she fly business class? Uh, yes, she certainly yeah, does. She and uh, we watch her from the other end of the plane <laughs> and uh, she gives us a wave uh, when her tiara tilts a bit. But uh, yeah, so exactly. she she's become bigger than the show. <laughs> I, I start with a cash cow because cash and finance
0: and money yep. has really been your life, hasn't
2: it? Absolutely. That's what i sort of... Built my brand uh, around from, from um, the time of a young finance journal when I had uh, hair, and the uh, and, and the only way to get ahead in business journalism was to be old and grey or bald. And right. as a young whippersnapper, I thought, God oh, bloody hell, I can't wait that long. And Mum and Dad were living in America at the time, and I saw a magazine over there called Money Magazine, a retail,
1: mm-hmm.
2: fire personal investment magazine, and. Um, Uh, nothing like that here in Australia. No personal finance sections in newspapers, no radio programs about finance. It was all very corporate. And I thought, oh, this might be something I can get involved with. So like all good ideas, you pinch them from somebody else. (laughs) And I came back and convinced Bob Gottliebson, who I was working for at BRW, that consumer finance was the way to go and maybe we launch a magazine. My view was that at the time, business media... Was writing for chief executives of companies, mm, yep. and those chief executives knew way more than the journo's. And I saw a market for writing about finance and helping a chief executive's spouse or their brother and sister mm-hmm. or their mum and dad, mm. um, or, or staff within organisations yeah, as well. Exactly right. Yeah, and ha- how to manage your money, and um, but to do it in a really entertaining way that had no jargon because Mm. money is basically common sense. Uh, People fear it and and that fear leads them, uh, paralyzes them into not taking an interest in it. And, and why do we fear it? Um, we fear that we're going to be made a fool of by somebody who's talking language we can't understand. Right, mm. right, right. And uh, so we're going Beer to markets uh, fear... markets and fear, bull markets yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. Fear of being intimidated or how many times do you hear someone on TV go, well the reserve banks put mm. up uh, interest rates by 25 basis points. How well was the magazine received by the consumers? Um, it was a huge hit it got to we used to average one hundred and fifty thousand copies a month um, and that was because it didn 't look like um, it didn 't look like a money magazine right. I based the design on Cosmopolitan and Clio. Yeah. Um, magazines you're very familiar with. Yes. As a teenager. We would have sealed sections. Cosmopolitan would seal the 10 Kama Sutra positions. <laughs> I think there's only 10. Um, and we, and no, we actually there's more. Uh, David, but, uh, and we, we, please we, write in to David Koch
0: <laughs> with your suggestions.
2: And we, we what did we you would, have? We would seal 101 tax tips to cut your tax. Right, right. We would have zip-outs like the Guardian magazines and we had a philosophy that no one would ever be photographed in a suit and tie. They all had <laughs> they all had to look like a real human being. So when someone opened the magazine, they went, "Yeah, oh, gee, that
0: looks as relatable. It, yeah. it understands yeah. me." And yeah. that's and you, yeah, broke it down to yeah, the yeah. everyday speak.
2: And from that, I, um, radio stations would ask me to come and talk about topics we covered in the magazine. Yep. They'd get feedback from listeners, so they'd ask me back every week. And then I started a nightly investment program on radio um, here in Sydney and in Melbourne. And then the general manager of that radio network went to Seven as news director and said, why don't you come and do... That Sort of stuff with Seven, so I started so, doing finance reports. So it's really it's a been ripple your life effect. very much. Oh, and, and, it's been my brand.
0: And, and taking yeah. us to today, Koshy's Business Builders. Yeah. Tell us about that for anyone who doesn't know.
2: Well, um, sort of, TV is my, um, if you like, a hobby that's got out of control. My real one <laughs> yeah. is my family business, Pinstripe Media, and we own small business titles. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Business Builders, Flying Solo, Startup Daily, Small Business First, The Airport Economist. Uh, Business Builders is um, a small business TV program about to come back. For its 12th season. And, and this is where you interview episodes. leading yeah, yeah. Business, people and business, business people. Small business and, yep. people. And we learn their secrets, get them to share and inspire other small business owners um, to improve their business. What is a common thread for successful small business? Um, there's got to be a passion for what you do. Um, there's got to be the ability to delegate mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. inspire a team because no small business succeeds. Without a team. And as I always say, and one of my themes that I speak at conferences about is the startup of you. Uh, because a lot of people think small business is a smaller version of big business. It's not. Yeah. Small business is a living, breathing human being who's put their ass on the line and their their family house on the line to start their own business. Mm. And so, and they have all the vulnerabilities of of us all. They don't have the big infrastructure around them of a Westpac or a BHP or whatever. They're doing it themselves, and it's. How you balance and improve yourself because the startup of you, it all is based around that owner because unless they're firing, their business is not going to fire.
1: Yeah. With all the work you've done with startups, do you, have you actually been involved in a lot of hands-on startups? You've, um, done, you've done your own but yeah. working with other startups.
2: I've, I've invested in five. Um, yeah. I've tripled the money in one. Was that uh, Channel 10? To, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, two are basically Lion Ball, but look yep. pretty good at the moment. And I lost everything on the other two. Oh, so, oh okay. So, so yes. as a group yep. of five, financially, I'm probably break even. But right. in terms of professional development and how um, dealing with these founders. And talking to these founders has inspired me and developed me yeah. as a professional yep. and a business person has been enormous. So I yep. see it more as a professional development type Absolutely. Thing. Learning yep. for
0: yourself. Yeah. I, I saw you uh, on stage recently with a group of people and you spent a lot of time and clearly passion for startups. Yep. So tell us in your experience, both in your own work and, and touching base with these success stories, what... What prevents every idea moving to the next level? Okay. Or or what, well, what, what does someone need to move owner, it to the next the level? The founder.
2: Yep. It's as simple as that. The founder, the human being that came up with the idea because you can have the best idea in the world mm. but if as you as the founder cannot cope with the growth of that idea and the development of that idea it'll die. And Is that the yeah, biggest
0: downfall the, Absolutely. The, the not coping
2: with growth. Yep. And and the founder's ability to cope with growth. And it's right. not the, not coping with growth, the founder's the ability thing. to but, actually uh, build a team um, to actually deal with customers. Is
1: that part of that letting go thing? Because yeah. one of the biggest things in small um, business is that succession planning, being able to – because if yeah. you can't let go aspects of what you do, you yeah. aren't going to build a business uh, as you said.
2: It is recognising the weaknesses that you have. Yeah and your ability to delegate those weaknesses to somebody else, to, to actually plug those mm. weaknesses. Mm. Is it also one of
0: those differences you said between small and big business is that in big business you can cope with a bit of slack in the, in the chain mm. and, and people who are there for the money rather
2: than the passion, but in small business everyone needs to be oh, on the same page. Absolutely. You cannot. You can't can, can't carry anyone. Mm. You can't carry any weaknesses. And also big business has a process that gets rid of the duds or yeah. hides the duds.
1: Well, you would hope so. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. But in small business, um, you get a bit of a cancer within small business of and somebody who is yeah. it is so toxic yep. to everybody yep. else, and and it's those issues that I try and talk about and resonate. And you know, I, I did a workshop after a presentation recently um, up on the, up on the Gold Coast. And it was just a whole bunch of business owners, and they could – it was an open forum. Hit me with any question you like. And it all boiled down to human resources, staff Mm. management. Mm. How did you cope with this? What did you do? How can we share ideas?
1: That's been a common thread in SMEs for for decades now, hasn't it? So why hasn't that problem been – Resolve to some degree because
2: small businesses are alone. You know, they're, they're at the coal face. They're worrying about these things. they um, they've got to do everything, and they get plus have a life. Mm. You know, and talk to their spouse or their partner and their kids and balance mm. the family side up. They can't afford to bring in consultants and specialists. They've got to do it all themselves. So they get distracted, and hopefully, a bit of time with me takes them above their business. Yep. And sort of gives them thought starters and inspire them because one of the things being in the media, you're a necessary evil. You, you, uh, people feel as though they've got to talk to you. So I get access to the best people and the most inspiring business owners, right? And I try and share those stories in my presentation yep. to say it's not just listening to Kosh, yeah, it is the people that he's met and what he's learned yeah, from them, what the we can all learn from yeah. them. What yeah. are some
1: of the tools that you might give to an audience when you've, you've got up on stage
2: and done a keynote or from a workshop? I do the start-up of you, and yep. I go through um, a whole bunch of inspiring people I've, I've talked to, show a video of, of Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, um, and how he starts his day. Hmm. It resonates with everybody. How does he because, start his day? Well, he starts his day all about him. As a business owner, remember this bloke started Twitter and Square. So not one, but two billion dollar businesses. <laughs> yeah. And I said, how do you cope? How can you be chief executive of two? And he said, I'm very process driven. And that starts with focusing on me as the individual. And this gets back to you know, the startup of you as the individual. Mm-hmm. And he, he has a routine, a no fail routine every day. He meditates for 20 minutes. He has a seven minute workout that he does every morning that only needs a wall and a chair, and he walks to his first appointment, which could be at his office, which is a 80-minute walk, or it could be to an appointment when he's traveling, which could be 10 minutes, and he listens to podcasts. And he said, as soon as I sit at my desk, I know I have achieved an enormous amount for me before I've even struck a blow right, that I've right. invested in me yeah. and that's, my that's development. That's brilliant. I mean, that, that's, that's
1: brilliant. And, and, and it, the only thing it takes is is getting that process right. That's right.
2: It's also
0: allowing yourself to focus on yourself. Yeah. Because, it's a bit of me time. Yeah, maybe. some may say it's all very selfish, but no, unless your tanks no. are full yourself, you can't yep. then spread the power around. Yep. In the last few minutes, let's talk about the passion, which I know you're very strong about in, in a number of areas. But I'm curious about what was that passion that's kept you in this world of finance all your life? Were you good as a um, kid with your pocket money? <laughs> Why do you love money?
2: No, I, I love people more than anything. I love knowing what what makes people tick. I get inspired by success stories and right. small business success stories. It annoys me that mainstream media says success in business is being on the board of a chief executive of a top 200 company. Yep. I say baloney. Mm. Success in business are these successful entrepreneurs who haven't risen through the ranks because of corporate politics but have actually built something mm. themselves, yep. not managing something for somebody else, built something from scratch themselves. That they didn't They're, exist before. Exactly. Mm. They're yeah. the ones that inspire me yeah. and I like, and I like to and that is success. And particularly women in business. There may be a glass ceiling in the corporate world. I tell there's you what, been. there's no glass ceiling in small business. And the success stories of yeah. women in small yeah. business and they can buy and sell the big end of town.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It's it's extraordinary. So and I'm passionate about helping ordinary Australians with their money. And that's the other side. I, I talk about small business. And Personal finance, and I try and sort of say to people that money isn't hard, you can make an enormous difference through three or four key decisions with your money, and will change your life forever. Mm. And make you uh, they say money doesn't buy happiness, but by Christ, it can make you happy. Well, there's a if <laughs> you've got money, <laughs> but, no, but money,
1: money buys yeah. you choices, exactly
2: right, yeah, it it doesn't and, buy and, and buys you decisions and yep. life yep. and the life you want to live.
0: Yep. Also, your passion for people is very clear in your support of organ
2: donation. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm really lucky. I'm, Lib and I are married 40 years in, um, in January and I've sort of married someone who has a, a great passion for community and mm. what, how we can make a difference. And organ transplants was a classic of that. That's so the TV really is a bit of a bullshit job. It's, uh, you're not, well, you're not. Yeah. If any you're seven not.
0: executives are listening,
2: <laughs> he's joking. No, no, I'm not. You're not, you're <laughs> yeah, not saving it's, lives. It's, it's, not, you're it's not, not, not real and no, tangible like no, that. exactly. But if you can use it. To get something done, done. yeah, leverage and a lever, yeah. You know, um, we had the worst organ donation transplant system in the world. I got annoyed with it. We made it a, a sunrise sort of project yeah. to try and get change done. I work with community groups. We ended up getting a lot of change done and bringing in a a national authority to oversee transplants and do- donations through hospitals nationally, and donations have risen sort of over 50% in the last five years as a result. Wow. I'm really proud Why, of being why don't we have an opt-out system? Well, ethically, uh, that will never happen. Um, but, but does why? anyone can, in the world have because an opt-out system? If you don't like it, no, 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 opt no. out. No, no, um, because if you are in without your direct consent, it, doctors will always ask your family because Either. it's Either. a medical ethics issue. Yeah. Sure. and And I agree with that. I think you can be equally effective by focusing on it yourself and having a campaign, which we've had really effective ones, for people to say... Uh, sign up as a donor and tell your family. Right
1: In the introduction, I mentioned that you had something to do with a, with a small football club in Adelaide. Uh, <laughs> oh, Port small. Adelaide, I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and as I, 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 said, on. I said... We are small. We're a little I,
1: working class club. I, I say it in jest. I said to David oh, yeah. before we went on air that uh, I'm a Collingwood supporter, right. so I declare that up for uh, right. <laughs> But what I'm actually curious about, David, did you put on the boots when you were younger and, and have a and kick around yourself? Well, or my or?
2: dad used to play for Port Adelaide right. years ago. That's yeah. the family connection. Uh, I grew up in Adelaide. Yep. Uh, when we moved to Sydney.
0: You, you know um, the father-son rule doesn't apply to being <laughs> present. No, I know, I know. Um,
2: and my um, – basically in Sydney there was no AFL, so I mainly played rugby, played grade rugby. Right. Uh, played a bit of AFL, but there wasn't really much here at, uh, at junior levels. But, um, you know, Port were at the end of 2012 in a bit of strife yeah. financially, losing a lot of money, and the AFL rang and asked me to um, see if I could turn it around you know, it was a classic burning deck situation, I'm passionate about the club. I, went, I remember going home and telling Lib, my wife, I said, look, it, it's kind of uh, show people I'm more just, than just a breakfast show host. That <laughs> I do have a few, remind yeah. them I've got a few Talents, business yeah. brains. And she looked me straight in the eye and said, you're only doing it because your father would have wanted you to. And I said, <laughs> yeah. well, well, yes. And she so said, go and do it and I'll support you. But it was a classic burning deck uh, from a business point of view yeah. that it was so bad you know, in business, when you want to change anything, there's always pushback. People go, yeah. oh, what if it's worse? What if we're worse da, 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 And you can never get fundamental change through. Right. Port Adelaide at that time was so bad... I figured I could do anything for two years. <laughs> and it could be any worse. Um, no, no. Yeah. If, we, if we failed, I'd be crucified, and that's fair enough, because yep. I accepted the job. Uh, if we succeeded, you'd then get a whole lot of other people uh, sort of coming trying from to a get low, up, well. Coming from such no. a low base. So, yeah, so yeah. was
0: Port Adelaide one of those 5 startups that you invested uh, yeah. in? Is that what you're <laughs> no, saying?
2: No, no. Well, it's a not for profit. It's <laughs> yeah. a community club. Yeah. And like, we turn 150 years old in 2020. We're the only non-Victorian club, to have grown from community football to the elite level yeah. um, all other interstate club non-victorian clubs or either victorian clubs that have been moved interstate or Clubs that are new franchises yeah. that have been made up. So yeah. we're really proud of that history. And
0: as an ex-Adelaide, and I have fond yeah. memories of yeah. Port Adelaide as yeah, a football yeah. club, um, and Sturt uh, and
2: Glenelg uh, and the rest. Yes, yeah, uh, I bet you do. If you're a Sturt supporter, <laughs> you would hate us with a passion. <laughs> David, I've got, I've
1: got. Uh, I'm going to ask a quick question for a bit of advice here. I'm about to take on the presidency of our Dalesford Football Netball Club. What's right. one bit of advice you can uh, <laughs> pass on to me?
2: Okay, one bit of advice is to. Um, I think talk openly and be transparent with your membership base. Um, I find a lot of sporting organisations really sort of the the decision makers close ranks and Mm. sort of – sometimes treat their members, keep them in the dark. A lot. I've yep. been very that, open. It gets me yep. into trouble a lot, how open I am. Yep. Um, but that builds but after, tr- that builds trust oh, within any organisation. Exactly. Yeah. And it's built yeah. on your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, every organisation is built on the passion of your tribe.
1: Fantastic. Thank you.
2: David,
0: thank you so much. As I said, I saw you the other week and passion, and you said it just then for about, I think, the fifth time, <laughs> exudes from you from the stage. The passion just personally for, for money and finance and economics, but then having that knowledge and wanting to pass it on to others whether it's small business or individuals is palpable but then beyond that your desire to help uh, people in whether it's organ transplant or in family focus and for sport as well is absolutely fantastic thanks for your time david oh
1: i really appreciate it thanks for the chat if you'd like to book david to uh, come and speak or MC at your next event please go to 22.com.au and that's 22 the number uh, not the word thank you very much david
0: You've been listening to Carson White from Leading Voice and your MC Michael Pope. With our next guest is More guests can be found through iTunes or just visit www.ournextguestis.com.au. But until next time, let's take a break.